Hello, and welcome to another episode of On Wednesdays, We Spill Tea. I hope y'all are thirsty. (laughs) (laughs) So today we are doing an episode on mompreneurs. So I have with me a fellow small business badass lady uh, with a little baby, and her name is Amanda. Hello, Amanda. Hi, everybody. (laughs) Amanda is coming to us from Asheville, North Carolina. (laughs) Woo, woo! The beautiful mountain. Hey, yeah. (laughs) Uh, and Amanda is one of the one of my favorite vendors that does a lot of my shows. And she makes some of the most amazing things. So Amanda, I'm gonna let you take it away and tell us a little bit about yourself. So my business name is Mountain Mama Curiosities, and I build coffin shelves, coffin serving trays, coffin bathtub trays, as well as oddities. Um, And yeah, I have a 15-month-old little girl who is wild. Yeah, (laughs) for sure. I, I know a thing or two about the wild, the wild babies. Yeah, it's, it's a very fun, fun, interesting balance. Absolutely. So, um, I actually have one of Amanda's coffin shelves. She made me a Beetlejuice coffin shelf. Which I have to give you, like, credit. You helped me think of, because I wanted to branch out and start doing different things. And you were like, could you do a themed one, like a Beetlejuice? And I was like, oh, my God. Yes, please. (laughs) Oh, yes. (laughs) And now I'm actually, next month, I'm going to be doing the South Carolina Horror Convention in uh, Columbia, South Carolina. So the only coffins i'm gonna bring not even my originals i'm bringing themed ones so i'll have beetlejuice chucky freddie jason frankenstein and his bride so Ooh. i'm very excited about that oh my gosh it's gonna be so awesome and when she says she makes coffin shows this bitch does all the the sawing and the burning and everything herself Everything, start to finish. I do different sizes. Um, I even do like custom stuff too, but I mainly just do like my three sizes, um, small, medium, and large, which is like a foot tall, two foot tall, and then a three foot tall one. And I'll do different prints in the back or I'll do fabric and make them a little like lightly padded. But either way, they all get like charred and I'll do different wood stain colors, and then I'll, like, bevel the sides so it has, like, this beautiful little, like, pinstripe around the, the edge of it. And even handles, because you got you got to have the handles. Oh, yeah. Okay? You the also, details. <laughs> you also put, like, neat little, like, foliage or something on mine that, like, gave it, like, a like an undead look. 
Yeah. So, or I had to like now. I think I found a wood stain that will be like an ashy, like a wood ashy, like where it looks warped a little bit mm-hmm. or worn out. Um, but before I even found this wood stain, I was mixing. I had to literally make the mix. And then I go to make another one. I'm like, oh shit, I gotta make it. <laughs> so I'd have to like play around and be like, do test pieces to make sure it matched like that dark but kind of gray still, you know, kind of look to it. And yeah, the themed ones, I usually charge a little bit more just because I put extra details in it. Oh yeah. Like the Beagle Goose has like the bright neon purple moss yeah. growing on around the sides and it has like I missed like a green paint on the sides of it and yeah. Well, yeah. And I mean, they, you can tell that they, they take a lot of time to make and they're very sturdy. I, I very much enjoyed them. Yeah. Yeah. I've taken a lot of time to, that's why I didn't produce anything after the Beetlejuice because I had so many movie ideas and I, you know, there's a, I don't want copyright. I don't want to just like, take the photo of the copy of the movie and put it on the back. Like that's silly. It's my art interpretation of it. Yeah. So, you know, when I'm thinking about these other movies, I'm like, how am I going? I want you to look at it and be like, I know what that's from without me having to tell you. Right. So it's like, how do I create that in the form of a copy? (laughs) Well, you did a great job on mine. Well, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I'm (laughs) really excited about the, the other ones I'm doing and yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we'll make sure to put in the show notes where people can go and, uh, find one of your coffin shelves if they so choose. Oh yeah. Yeah. Cause I'm on all social medias. I have TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. I have my website and my website's kind of like the best place to see all that I can do because at, markets i can only bring so much hopefully next year i'll have like a trailer and i can start bringing even more yeah but as of right now it's whatever i can fit my little last car (laughs) (laughs) well i'm also excited that you're going to be in my store oh my gosh yes i'm a i'm so excited about that store because i was already telling you how you know, in Asheville, there's so many markets, there's so many small businesses, there's, it's just kind of saturated and there, all the businesses are great, but I just don't really sell well. Like, I don't know if it's cause we're already all so weird or like, yeah. I don't know, <laughs> but yeah. when I go to Bristol, I just get so much love from everybody. Everyone loves my stuff. They want to buy it. Like it's just, and everyone's really nice and sweet and I just always have a good time. And I was like, man, I wonder if it's because there's not a store that has like all the stuff that we all sell and you're in the markets that you host. Yeah. There's not a store that has all these things, but I feel like if there was a store, like it would do so well. And so I'm so glad that you're doing it. It's so exciting. And yeah, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be a big old hit. (laughs) I really hope it's going to be a big old hit. Today was my last day at my retail cosmetic job. um, Because I decided Mm -hmm. that it was, it was time to go ahead and let that go. And I'm still going to serve yeah. five days a week until, um, I'm still going to serve five days a week until the last week of September when we start setting up the store. Hell yeah. But, That's um, so exciting. I know. And like your place in the store is going to be in the vault so that you can hang all your stuff up. I'm so excited about that. I think 
I think what I'm going to do is <clears throat> start building up some more of my oddities too. So that way I have some to take to markets and some to keep in there and then switch them out every now and then. Yeah. But I'm probably, it's, the markets, I can't really bring any of my bigger stuff. So I'll probably have my bookshelf cop in there and put all my oddities on it. And then that way, if someone does want to buy the bookshelf, they can. But that, because it's like, I can't lug that. No. <laughs> But that but also helps you with shelving. Yeah, and I'm like, people always ask about it. And I'm like, I got you. You just let me know when you're ready. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I'm, yeah, it's going to be super cool. I'm excited. I eventually want one, but that's something I'll have to do, like, a payment plan with you on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which I get. I get, you know. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, at least I know it's going to be expensive. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, yeah, like with the well, and that's another thing too is like you know, like I have someone right now talking to me about like, oh, like how much would it be for the bookshelf, and you know, and they were like, well, what if it was just like simpler, and like that would obviously lower the price just because of like half of the time and half of the supplies that I that's go that goes in the cost is like just the wood alone yeah you know and then the rest of the supplies is like the fabric and the padding for it and the wood stain and you know I need propane in order to burn it like there's all these like little things that just like add up but so I think the one for the store I haven't decided if I'm just going to keep it like very simple or if I'm going to pad it or yeah what so I haven't really decided what the design is going to be yet, but I'm so excited. Yeah, I just to love making them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's crazy because, like, I when the pandemic started is when I got more into it yeah. because I had gotten sober prior to it, and I loved building stuff. But I mean, when I was a drinker, I was a freaking hot mess. Okay, I couldn't <laughs> build shit. I hurt myself like it just it was a mess but once i like was like i would be building stuff and i'm like see if i was drunk right now it would look good yeah (laughs) (laughs) so it kind of like and it felt good to build things you know with my hands and like create and stuff like that and so when the pandemic started i got really into it and that was when i made my first coffin and then after that, I was like, you know what, maybe, like, after, like, a year of building stuff, I was like, maybe I could, like, sell these. Like, maybe other people would like them, too. And so I then started doing the business, and it was, like, a slow start. Because, you know, anytime you start a new business, you're like, are people going to like it? Am oh, I yeah. going to even make money? <laughs> you, know, you, just, <laughs> you question it, and you're like, no, fuck that. I'm bad at th- I'm a badass girl and I got this. Like I can build stuff. People love it. Like, you know, the confidence starts getting there and and then I had gotten pregnant. And then I was like, Oh, well, I'm gonna still do this. <laughs> <laughs> and so last year, after I had her in the spring, I like didn't do any markets in the spring or summer. And fall is like when I last year when I like really started being like, okay, I want to do this full time and stay home with her. Yeah. So I need to really start pushing it. And so that's when I started like going hard and like finding every market I could and like just trying different events out and, you know, doing the website, doing all the things to really make this happen in motion. And so this is the first full year where I'm. I'm doing it. Yeah. So. 
And you do really well at my shows most of the time. I, I see a lot of people buy yeah. coffin shelves. I remember once you brought a bunch and you went home with none. <laughs> I I did. I had, well, that's when I was like, I need to start bringing more, I guess. Because I had brought like, I think seven and they all sold within the first like hour and a half. And I was like, damn, I should have brought more. <laughs> So yeah. now I try to bring at least like 15 to 16 in the different sizes total um, to to markets now. Yeah. I just And I usually sell between like 7 to 12, you know. Yeah. And that's awesome. Um, when I started my yeah. business, I started my business um, back in 2021. Um, I start my business is called The Creepy Queen. Uh, I very seldomly mentioned it in the podcast because I try to keep this separate. But this episode is about our businesses and being yeah. a mo- and you know the struggles that being a mother to a young child presents. And uh-huh. so when I started my business, it started with me buying. At first, it wasn't even a business. It was just like me and my best friend Jordan that's been on the podcast several times. When she lived here in Bristol, we got a cricket together. And we were like, well, we could start making, like, decals, and we could start making, like, shirts with iron on. So we split the cricket. Yeah. We we went down the middle, and we split the cricket. And so she didn't live here for a whole long time after we decided to split the cricket. So my going away gift to her was, I'm going to let you take the cricket we split, and then I'm just going to buy my own. Well, I started trying yeah. to do the stuff with the iron on, and I didn't like the way that... The iron-on fit the shirt. Like, the iron-on is tricky. Like, it takes a lot of time. And it. Do- I, I found that it doesn't last as long. And so, I started doing, like, all this research on on doing the sublimation. Because I had saw pe- that people were sublimating. And I was like, well, how do you do that? And so, I yeah. ended up buying, like, a really small little Epsom printer that printed a max of an 8 by 11 sheet. And so at first I was making, and the first thing I did and specialized in was I made Hellfire Club shirts because at the time Stranger Things, the season with Eddie had just came out and people were wanting Hellfire Club shirts left and right. And I was selling. Oh yeah. Oh my God. This is, yes, yes. I've been wanting one. I didn't know where people were getting them. Like, I'm so glad you have it. Like, (laughs) hell yeah. Yeah. I remember that you bought one of my first ones. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, and it's because I, I think that the market that I met you at where you bought it at was only like my second market, maybe. My second or third market. Yeah, that was my first market in Bristol. Yeah. And like yeah. I, I did fairly well at that market. Um, At that time, that was the best market I'd ever done. I think it was like my third one. And I sold like multiple hundred dollars that day. And I remember just being so proud of myself because... You know, when I first started, obviously, when you first start something, you're not that great at it. And, like, my yeah. designs were smaller, and so they didn't fit the shirts right. And so I was getting discouraged. And And then when I went to that market and actually sold stuff, I was actually proud of myself. And then that pushed me to do more. And then so yeah. eventually when I was like, okay, I'm going to stick with this small printer for one year. And I stuck with it for one year and I was still doing like, and then I wanted to actually take my business further and like actually do like a real business. 
And so then I was like, okay, so I'm going to invest in a bigger printer. So I bought a fucking massive Epsom printer and converted it into a sublimation printer. And I started, um, slowly but surely, I started, like, moving away from only doing shirts because most of the stuff that I sell at markets are not shirts now. Like, um, I sell tumblers and keychains and I sell all kinds of different stuff. But like my biggest seller are my little glass can cups because I bought color changing cups and I sublimated them and I bought me like this air fryer oven. Um, and it, like the the cups are really awesome and that's where I make most of my money because I don't get a ton of profit off the shirts because I refuse to buy subpar quality on the shirts well yeah and that's the thing is like with something like that you want to do a good quality shirt because if I buy a shirt from you and I love it and it feels good it's holding up well I'm like hell yeah I'm gonna get more yeah but if it's not the best quality and it's just like it fades real quick or whatever it's like well i mean i like the shirt still but i I probably just not gonna get a bunch more you know yeah so and so i don't don't make a ton of profit off of shirts but i do like making them and you know um but what drove me to start doing the markets my own markets was I was trying to get into markets and people were like declining me left and right because my stuff was spooky. Or I would get into a market which was basically set up for basic white women and I wouldn't sell anything. Yeah. (laughs) And like, so I was like, well, what can I do to try to attract, you know, I tried marketing um, the events that, were the basic white girl markets and that, I mean, you know, and being like, Hey, this is where you can find me. And I did have some people respond to that. Like I did have some people find me on Facebook and they were like, Hey, I came just to see you and to buy this shirt or something like that. But it wasn't, it wasn't enough. Like I really immensely appreciated it. I don't mean it in it as like, it wasn't enough for me personally. I just meant like the marketing was not enough for that. So, I was talking to my friend Alex, which is the Vanity Witch. And, uh... Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I was talking to her, and she was like... I was like, what can I do? And I thought about it, and I was like, well, what if I just did my own market? And so, I got married at Warehouse 817, so I was like... And that guy always gives me a really good deal when I rent it. And so, I was like, well, what if I just rent Warehouse 817... And we just bring vendors in and we, I just have my own show. Yeah. If you don't have it, create it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and so that's when Boofest uh, came into fruition. That's when you were on Boofest, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I thought so. Boofest was my first show and it was right before Halloween of last year. And I marketed the hell out of it. And we, we had so many people come to that market, that particular market, that we charged $3 at the door. And, of course, 100% of that money goes to charity. And we had, um, we raised almost $700 for Bridge No Kill. And we don't charge for children. That was just for adults. Yeah. And so, Boofest yeah. was still to this day the most successful show we've ever had. And it was my first yeah, that one. Was, that was a really good one, Yeah. 
And so what I did from there was um, it was so successful that I decided that I was going to uh, make a, a whole thing of it. So what I decided to do was that one did so well. I was like, well, I'm going to start scheduling other shows. And I scheduled a show in November. And if you recall, I'm pretty sure you were on the, the, the November show. Yeah, I think I've been on all of them. Yeah. So far. And all of my yeah. And my November show was awful. And so then of course that got me discouraged because it was the first really cold day of the year. It got me discouraged because then I was like, well, apparently, you know, it was a one hit wonder. But then we did Nightmare Before Christmas and I did that one at the sessions, which was like double the vendors. We had like 32 yeah. vendors at Nightmare Before Christmas, and we did really well with that show. Yeah, that one that one was really, really good because it's also like around the holidays. People are shopping, you mm-hmm. know, trying to get presents. Yeah, for sure. That's what I did. And then it's just, you know, I kept wanting to have a store. That was my whole dream. And I got offered the store twice before. And then it was taken from me almost immediately both times. The woman changed her mind the first Uh, time. And then the second time, she um, told me that she was losing the facility. And I was so uh, bummed. But what I realize now is it just wasn't meant to happen then. Because, you know, like she wanted... Yeah, she wanted, no, you're fine. She wanted to choose the vendors. She wanted to choose how much it was going to cost. She wanted to do everything. Now, the only thing that would have really helped was that she had all the displays already in there. And that's where all my costs is coming from. I'm about to have to, like, put on a firm $3,000 to get just a ton of shelving. Because I tried going to thrift stores. I've tried going to Facebook Marketplace. And everybody, nobody is really trying to get rid of furniture at a reasonable, like shelving at a reasonable price right now. No one. Yeah. And so, like, I've been to all the thrift stores in downtown Bristol, like the antique stores, the thrift stores, everything. And what I'm finding are things that cost 75 to $200. And that's for one shelf. Yeah. And so, it's going to take a lot of money. But I have faith that it's going to do well. I hope. Well, and that's it's that's how like the universe works sometimes, and it's just funny because it's like if certain things don't work out, it's discouraging. But at the same time, like I just try to be like optimistic and be like, well, maybe something, maybe it's just not meant to be, and maybe something better yeah. is supposed to happen. You that's- know, and when you try to do bigger and better things, like when I started doing bigger markets. Like, I started doing the Southeast Punk Flea Markets, and, you know, they were more money than I was used to paying for a vendor spot. And I I was like, okay, well, they give you the list for the whole year, but they break it up in sections. Like, all right, out of these three months, pick the markets you want. And so I was putting out, like, $800 for, like, three markets. And I'm like, oh, God, okay. (laughs) You're terrified. You're like, it's a lot of money. Yeah. And then... (laughs) Right before I did my first one, they were like, okay, the next rounds are available. And like, some of them go pretty quick. So I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to have to spend another round of money 
on a mar- on markets that I don't even I haven't even done yet. Yeah. Cuz I'll at least do a market twice. Like if it doesn't work out once, I'm like, okay, well, what was the factor? Was it really bad weather? Was there other things going on? You know, I always try to like give something a second chance. But yeah, and then I did my first one and I was like, "Oh my god, I want to do all of them." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cuz I was doing so good, but it's it's so scary. You have to like trust the universe got your back. Uh, but it's still scary, especially when it's like big chunks of money investing in something, whether yeah. it's starting a business or starting a storefront or whatever it is, you know? Yeah. And that's how it was with CreepyCon. Like I got accepted to CreepyCon and was so excited, but the booth fee was $350 and it wasn't a huge booth. And, you yeah. know, like I started looking at other vendors that had already paid their fee because they gave you plenty of time to pay. Um, and I noticed that there was a lot of people that did similar stuff to me, but they had a lot more high-end equipment, so they could, like, they were screen printing on, like, black shirts and stuff like that. And you have to have, like, yeah, you have to have, like, $4,000 invested to be able to do that. That's why I can't make black shirts. So, mm-hmm. you know, and being a spooky person, not being able to do black shirts sucks, but, you know, sometimes I get designs and I just... I have them printed on black shirts, but I don't do it often because to me, that's not me making a shirt. So therefore that's me like not doing the work. So I try to avoid that. So, and, and plus my whole tagline is that I do rainbow spooky. That's, that's my thing. I'm rainbow spooky (laughs) because that's what allows me to, you know, not only do like shine my personality through, um, but it also saves me money so that I don't have to invest in a ton of equipment up front, but I can still make stuff. And I mean, well, that's another thing too is like through time, you kind of just build up your business, you build up your tools and supplies and things like that. Like, I just did a series of like how to build a coffin shelf, yeah. <laughs> The first, the first two videos I did, I was like, oh my God, I'm going to scare everyone. And they're going to be like, I can't do it Yeah, (laughs) because it was the first two videos were nothing, but here's all the tools I use. And I'm like, oh my God, like it was so many tools that I didn't even realize, but it's like (laughs) stuff I slowly started buying and getting or, you know, and I kept telling people, I'm like, you can borrow some of these tools. Like, if you don't have this tool, like, you could try this. Like, yeah. but it's just one of those things that, like, through time, you know, you'll, you will be able to afford bigger, better machinery to, like, do more. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. And that's like. It definitely takes time. It, I, I think a lot of people just don't realize the cost that goes into making all this stuff. Like, with sublimation. Like, yeah. Not only do I have to have a printer solely for sublimation, I also have to you know, get the ink. I have to get special paper, you know, like you have to invest so much. And then, like I said, I don't buy subpar quality shirts. Shirts are a huge, huge cost. Yeah. That's why even when I discount my shirts, the lowest I can really sell them for is $13. And that's literally just me getting the cost of the shirt plus a tiny little bit back. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, I have already invested thousands of dollars in my business. And I mean, like one day I'll have a nice machine if it keeps going, especially if the store is successful. Yeah. But I think it will. 
Well, we'll see. Because, I mean, Bristol is definitely an area where it's either going to be hit or miss. I just, I just feel like it'll be a hit because there's nothing like that there. And I feel like, I still feel like you'll still get people from, like, Johnson City and, like, other places that will, that aren't super far away. And yeah. they'll make the trip out to go. Yeah. To even just go check it out. You know what I mean? Right. And, you know, downtown Bristol is, like, my stomping grounds. Like, I've I've worked as a server in downtown Bristol for the past eight years. So, it's, yeah. like, a lot of people know me. And the good thing is, is my friends, when they've been trying to talk up my store to strangers, because they'll be wearing a shirt I made, or, like, they'll see something, and they'll be like, yeah, um, my friend is about to start a business downtown, and they know about it. Like, I would That's say, awesome. yeah, I would say about 70% of the people that my friends have tried to talk to, like, they already know about the store and that it's coming. Oh, that's great. Yeah, and so I'm really excited about it. But what we're going to do is we're going to take a brief little break, and then when we come back from our break, we're going to dive right into um, the aspect of doing our business with our small children. Yeah. How... You do two jobs that are literally 24-7, which is run a business and be a mom, and how you manage to do that. Yeah, and I mean, I worked two jobs on top of that. Exactly, yeah. I mean, I did. Today was my last day at my retail store job, but like for so long, I feel like I've worked so hard to get here to the store because literally I have worked two jobs for the past year. You know, and it's just like, I've worked so hard to make all this happen that I can't believe it's finally coming. But we'll talk more about um, everything when we get back from the break. So we'll be right back. Bye. And we are back from our break. So, again, I have Amanda here with me. And so I'm going to ask you a couple of questions about your mom business. <laughs> so the first question I have... How do I balance it all? <laughs> yeah. So the first question I have for you is, do you have the support of your family? Yes, I, and especially my parents, they live out of state Mm -hmm. and they are going to be moving up here soon within the next like two or three years to retire and kind of just like helped with her. And that way I can like focus even more, but my partner, he's amazing and he's so supportive and like, honestly, like I wouldn't be as far as I am if I didn't have his help. Yeah, you know whether it's watching her or if I'm like, "Hey, babe, I need the credit card to buy this vendor spot real quick. <laughs> I can pay back the money in a week," you know, <laughs> or what, or whatever it is. I call him the inspector. I'm like, "Okay, I got all these coffins done. What do you think? Can I miss anything?" Or like, I'll b- bounce ideas off of him, you know. And yeah, I have definitely the support. Good. Um, what do you do for childcare? Um, when you're trying to work on your business? Just me. (laughs) I mean, well, me mostly. And then, like I was just saying, he also helps. Like, sometimes I'm trying to meet a deadline and it hits his day off. And I'm like, can you just watch her while I mainly just try to get this done real quick? Um, 
And I recently, I just had to, because we're about to, I'm about to go into like my busy season. Um, I have a friend that is helping me watch her so I can have those just a couple extra, like four or five hours to be able to get stuff done. That's good. I know that it's hard because like I have my husband and I have my in-laws and they are very supportive and they're very helpful um, of watching um, because, you know, I have a son that's almost 14. He just takes care of himself. It's just like, you know, mommy is doing her podcast or mommy has got to work on stuff, you know, Um, and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. He knows with the podcast, he absolutely does have to leave the room. But with the market or with the business part, when I'm trying to make stuff, there'll be days where I tell him that I've got to make stuff and that I need him to give me some space. And sometimes he he will not register that so well. So he'll start, he'll keep like showing me stuff or he'll keep coming in there and be like, hey, look at this. Or, hey, let me tell you this. And I'm like, baby, I I got stuff that I have to do. Yeah. (laughs) It's hard having, because you can't have focus on on both. You know what I mean? Like, you can't, like, you want to do everything, but you can't do everything at the same time. You can't have it, you can't have your focus on both things at the same time. Otherwise, you're only giving 50% to the kid and 50% to the business. And that's... Not what you want as a mom or a business owner. You want to give it 100% when you're doing it. Yeah. How do you, like, so how did you do, because your, your stuff is pretty labor intensive. How were you able to still make the coffins and stuff um, with the baby before you had, you know, the help that you have right now? Well, I kind of had to, like, at first I, you know, took a couple months just off completely and then when she was around, you know, six months is when I was like, okay, fall's here. It's my season. Like I want to start building stuff and doing markets and stuff again. And it was a lot, it's literally a lot of back and forth. It was a lot of, okay, she's taking like an hour or two nap. I can go outside and get as much done as I can. And then she's up and then now I'm back in mom mode. And then she's taking another nap. Okay. Let me go back outside. And it's very, very back and forth but I was getting stressed out at first because I would be like working on stuff and like being like oh my gosh like I know she's just napping but I feel like I'm not taking care of her and then I would be like watching her and like taking care of her and then I'd be like there's so much I need to build and you know you I would just stress out about the opposite thing instead of focusing on what I was doing right so it got to a point where I was like no I need to like mentally just check in when I'm in mom mode and then mentally check in when I'm in, in business mode because otherwise they're, I'm not going to be successful at either thing. Right. That's her. So, I mean, now it's to a point where like, I have kind of like a schedule where I'm like, okay, I can go outside and get this stuff done. And then I'll, t- you know, feed her and take care of her for lunch. And then it's back outside cause she's napping. And especially now that I have the extra help, from her afternoon nap to, you know, when her dad gets home that I'm able to continue to work now. Because otherwise it was, I mean, there was some nights where I was like staying up super late. Yeah. Like trying to get stuff done. I was having to procrastinate to the last minute. So I would be like the day before the show or like two days before the show, 
I would literally be crafting all day and be like, okay, I'd tell my husband or tell my in-laws, like, I really need to get a lot of stuff done, so I need you to watch her. Because, like I said, like, before I got my press that presses itself and then the lid opens when it's done, I was having to do just, like, a regular cricket press, and you have to, like, lean on those. And, like, she doesn't know any better, so she come up and, like, grab me behind my legs or something or, you know, when I'm standing up doing it. And then when she would come up and grab me on my legs, it would startle me or I would turn around and I would either burn the shirt or like when I was leaning on it and she grabbed my legs and startled me, I would like move and it would move the design. And so the design would slide and it was just, I ruined a lot of shirts trying to take care of her and trying to, to craft at the same time. But it's like, if I didn't do it when I had the time to do it, like when I wasn't at work and I was at home with her, then it didn't get done. And so I would stay up like yeah. all night. And a lot of times I was coming into the shows being up all night because that was the only time I could do it was when she was asleep. Yeah. And I technically have two works, two work areas. Like I have my outdoor workshop and then I, cause I do oddities. I have like this little corner in the living room where I do my skulls and butterflies and moths and all that kind of stuff. And yeah, now, now she's to a point where she can kind of reach the top of tables and she's pulled down like stuff and I'm like oh god no (laughs) (laughs) so I have to like kind of block that area off or like she'll come around the corner and she has like super glue bottle in her hand and I'm like oh god (laughs) that could have been so bad yeah yeah and there's been times where yeah she'll pull off like a shadow box that has like a moth in it or even something just like a glass terrarium and like pull it down. And I'm like, <gasps> so I have to like fix whatever damage is there, you know, and see if I can save it. <laughs> yeah. And I, and, and that's how I was. Sometimes I could save it. Sometimes, um, you know, it wouldn't mess up too bad or it would still look okay. Like even with the little slide, like sometimes it would look like maybe it was supposed to look like that. Cause where I do do creepy stuff, but sometimes it just flat out just ruined the shirt. I can oh my God. count how many what times. Am I, one yeah. of my other shirts that I have from you is the, the Ghost Malone shirt, which uh-huh. is so funny. I love it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I remember you were like, oh, like I'll, I'm selling it for cheaper because the, the ink got all weird or whatever. But it was like this cool, it looked like it was meant to be like that. It was like everything was black, but then there was like this orange like fade in a spot. And I was like, no, it, I love that. Like, yeah. <laughs> Well, what's it funny like is, it was supposed to be like that. Yeah, I actually got an order off of that shirt because I had posted like some of my previous shirts that I had made, and it was when I said I was retiring designs, and somebody saw you in the Ghost Malone shirt, and that's actually one of the um, orders that the custom orders that I have to do like today or tomorrow. Oh, nice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, so, I love that shirt. Yeah. <laughs> like, how do you self motivate yourself? when you have a little bit of spare time because I know for me it's really hard because when I have time to myself I just want to retreat because I work so much and do so much and you know it's just I'm not doing one thing with the business I'm doing other stuff for you know planning the shows or I'm making sure that I'm looking you know recruiting vendors for the shows but it's just like 
how do you find that self-motivation to where you have time where you can craft that you go out and actually do it? I think part of it is that I'm kind of happy that I sometimes have, sometimes I'm happy that I have ADHD <laughs> <laughs> because I'm a busybody then. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that kind of helps. And also, like I said earlier, it was like, I, I tried to like have like a set schedule almost like, all right, this is the time that I can get this done. This is the time I can get this done. And, you know, like I don't even tidy up my house literally until she's like in bed for the night. And that's when I'm like, okay, I'm not doing business stuff. If I am, it's just computer stuff because I can sit on the couch and relax and have like me time, but still kind of like get that done. You know, it's like tidy up the house, then relax and do like computer stuff if I need to, whatever. One thing I try to do is like, if I have a second, I'll sit down and like, try to get as much posts as I can make like make and I'll save them in my drafts so that way I can still post every day but I'm not spending a lot of time every day on them and it's this motivation of like well if I go ahead and do it now I don't have to worry about it later like just go ahead and do it and I also I love listening to music or podcasts like one of my favorite artists is Queen Herbie Mm mm-hmm she is the fucking best at like getting you pumped up, getting you motivated, especially like, especially like her newer albums. Uh-huh. Uh, they're just very like power to women. Like you're amazing. Like keep up the good work. You're a badass. Like, you know, just like very motivational. And I'm like, fuck yeah, you're right. Queen Herbie. I am I'm yeah. doing it. <laughs> <laughs> So it'll like help me keep pumped and like just be like, okay, or like I'll I'll visually be like, like instead of getting overwhelmed, like right now I have to build 90 coffins before October. Oh, wow. <laughs> that, was, that was another, that's another reason why I was like, hey girl, you want to help me part time and watch my daughter? Cause I just did the math and I have a lot to do. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So instead of thinking, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, I'm panicking now because I have so much to get done. I try to just focus on, okay, how much can I get done today? Like, let's have a goal and then, you know, but let's also push that bar down a little bit and not be mad if I don't hit, you know, if I don't build 15 coffins this week, I'll, I'll be cool if I make like 12 or 10, you know what I mean? So I try not to... You just can't like put that much pressure on yourself. Like I used to, like you were talking about how, you know, you're doing things last minute. Like I would sit there and it'd be like 11 o'clock the night before a market. I had to get up at like six (laughs) to like do go to the market. And I'm sitting there like the car is already loaded, but I have to just finish this up and like grab it in the morning. And it's stressful. It's like, no, like now I'll focus on family time before the day before and after a market, like do laundry, spend time with her because I know I'm going to be gone all weekend just focused on business stuff. Yeah. Yeah. What is your plan for when you start doing the markets? Because I know you bring her to some of our markets. What is the plan that you have um, in mind for when she's a toddler? Um, Because, you know, my daughter is almost three years old and I can't bring her to a market by myself because she will mess with everything. (laughs) Um, Well, she, yeah, she's not like toddler, toddler yet. I think I'm just going to 
pray to baby Jeebus and strap her down. I don't know. <laughs> I She does really well with, with markets, like as of right now. Um, sometimes I'll have a friend that's also vending. So whether it's you or a Southeast punk flea or whatever, I'll usually be like, hey, can this person be next to me at the market so they can kind of help me with my daughter? <laughs> yeah. Well, I know your sister comes to um, a lot of markets with you as well when you do markets. Yeah. Or, or like I'll even have a friend. I'll be like, hey, girl, I'm going out of town. I'm getting a hotel. Uh, you want to come with me this weekend and like help babysit? But like you can just chill. Yeah, <laughs> and like hang out with me, <laughs> like view it as a like as a mini vacay. You're going to do, to a different city, and you know it'll be a hotel. Like, so I, yeah, I try to like do stuff like that. Or he will just my boyfriend will have to like take time off work and have his like two days off for that week be those days that I'll be at the the market and just stay home with her. Right. Yeah, and hopefully my parents will be moved up here by the time she's wild like wilding out you know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they can just stay with the grandparents <laughs> <laughs> how do you thrive when you have a huge deadline well one thing like i've looked i've looked at like shop space and like a i just don't have the spare 300 to 400 dollars a month for a shop space so i just try to make do with the amount of space that i have here but yeah. also another reason why i'm glad that i have it here is because like right now like I, my friend is helping watch my daughter but if i want to i can pop in and like see her and spend time with her and stuff like that and with i'm essentially making all these coffins now so that way when october comes cuz october i have huge markets every weekend i'll be out of town for all of those mm-hmm. I'm essentially like, okay, I'm going to kind of bust ass now and get all this done. So that way when October comes in between those markets, those like four or five days, I can just spend time with my daughter and celebrate fall and Halloween. And it's literally just like planning and scheduling, just trying to be and like, and making sure that I stick with that. Like, okay, we plan on going to a pumpkin patch. Like, I'm not going to sit there and be on my social media is trying to create a post or, you know, do anything like that during that time. Like, yeah. again, it's that whole you're in mom mode or your business mode and you have to give the hundred percent in that mode when the time is there. Right. And I just try not to like stress out or like think about, well, I need to get this done and that done. Cause like stressing about it is not going to change it. No. You know what I mean? Right. So, What do you do when you're overwhelmed with business and motherhood? Well, first I cry. (laughs) (laughs) So you're a crier. And then (laughs) I'll like cry or just like sit in the panic for a minute. (laughs) (laughs) But then I just try to remind myself or I, I will try to remind myself or I'll be vocal with my partner or like, my sister or best friend and be like, dude, I am like, I feel like I'm failing. I feel like I am not able to catch up. I feel like I'm just crashing to help get that like reality check and motivation to be like, no, you're, you're doing fine. You're doing great. Like she's alive. Yeah. She's not her. She's, you know, she, she's doing okay. She's doing great. Like you're not failing. And then like, look how successful your business is going. Like you're not failing in that either. So just trying to like have checks, check-ins like that with myself and, or like I try to, 
I'm a little witchy, so sometimes I do, like, my full moon bath, and I'll, like, just, that'll be the time where, like, I release all those emotions yeah. and just do a bath and relax. Again, just check in with myself if I need to, like, meditate or write all the things I'm just stressed out about and just, like, burn the paper and, like, let it go and not stress about it anymore and just try to remember, like, yeah, just trust the universe. It's all good. Yeah. It's all good. I actually just posted a video about um, what do I do after a day of a market? Because I was like, I'm going to post something that I like, just different content, just to like try out and be funny. And it's the mask. Yeah. I watched that one. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, you know, I'm away from my daughter and I was in a hotel by myself in a different city. And I was like, I'm just going to take that time to relax and remind myself that I'm killing it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. See, I'm not a crier. I'm a panic mode person. And a lot of times when I'm panicking, it's not even a moment to really, that I really need to be panicking about. And it's like, you know, if we don't have a lot of people come in the door at a market or if people just don't even look at my stuff or my, I, I stress the most about my other vendors. Like if there's not a ton of people that come in or like if I see people, you know, some markets, people come in, they look, but they don't shop. Yeah. And I would much rather have a market where not as many people come in, but they shop. Pride. Like, I felt like pride for most of the vendors. There wasn't as many people that came that I thought would, but I felt like a lot of people shopped. They didn't just walk around and not buy anything. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And I just I just took almost a two-month hiatus because I have not made anything since before our pride market. Like the night before our pride market is literally the last time I touched anything in my craft room. I just, I needed that because I've noticed that some stuff that's coming out with other people that are local or, you know, whatever, their stuff was getting a little close to what I make. And so that made me really down on myself because I, I can't draw. I have to pay other people to draw for me or I have to buy, you know, things off of Etsy. And I was becoming really discouraged because it made me feel like my stuff was not good enough for one, because, you know, I'm sitting here and I'm like, why I can't even draw my own stuff. And so other people are making the exact same designs of the exact same thing that I'm doing. And it was, it was starting to become like a frustration Like, I got to the point with my business where I was literally considering, do I still keep doing the Creepy Queen or do I kind of back away from the Creepy Queen and just put on the markets and not even, like, actually do the markets? You know, it took a lot of me, like, self-reflecting and everything else. And a lot of that was helped because, you know, Lexi, Lexi is the girl who drew my logo and she drew the logo for this podcast. She also has drawn a lot of stuff that I'm about to release with my fall line. Like, she drew me a whole tarot line um, of beautiful women. And so I can't wait to release that. And it took, you know, she always feels so bad because she doesn't, I don't have her pay for the markets. And I still pay her for the designs, but I don't pay her a ton. I She sells them to me for so cheap, and she still makes stickers and prints and stuff on Redbubble with them. Like, I don't own the rights, but she doesn't allow other people to put her stuff on shirts and tote bags and cups and stuff like that. Like, they're just for yeah. me. But she also makes money off That's of awesome. them as well. 
And like, had it not been yeah. for her, I don't think that I would have kept going. Oh, because I, and, was, I mean, to be honest, like sometimes your body and mind just needs to like take a break for a second and find that new creative bug inside. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so because you don't want to be like in such a like mundane, like repetitive thing where you're just like, I'm just pumping out all this stuff and like. I want something different. I want something new, you know, even like, even if people weren't doing like similar stuff for anything, like eventually, like you're, you're always trying to expand with right. your creativity. I feel like any artist is like, like I said, I started out with just like the small little coffins and like started going off and doing other things. And there's other people out there, other businesses that I found that also do coffin shelves, but their, their style's different. Mm -hmm. And, like, that's the whole point. Like, you aren't going to be the only person that's making, like, Halloween decor or coffins or oddities. It's your interpretation, your creativity, and, like, your vision that makes it different. Right. You and know what I mean? Like and, that's, and that's the thing that sometimes you have to, like, just rest and, like, regroup and rethink and be like, okay, what do I want my vision to be now? Yeah. And, I mean, like, I don't call myself an artist. I definitely call myself a maker because... <clears throat> I don't do the yeah. hardest part. I don't draw the stuff because that was something that I struggled with when I was going to start my business is, is my business a legitimate business because I'm not the artist behind the stuff. But I also don't go online and cruise for free SVGs or PNGs. And I also don't steal stuff off the internet. If I'm going to sell something, yeah. I buy the rights to the design um, or I pay artists to draw it for me because... I'm not the type of person that has ever wanted to make any kind of artist who do the hard work to feel like I'm just, you know, ripping them off. Yeah. And, you know, it's just, that's just something that I've always struggled with. But before we wrap everything up, is there anything else you want to add about being a mom and a business owner? Uh, well, two things. One's for you. Um, I, don't, I don't know if you've listened to Queen Herbie, but give her a listen and i'm telling you you will get motivated okay you'll be like fuck yeah like <laughs> get in the groove i'm just telling you i love her um but yeah i think the other thing is just that no matter what you're doing whether it's a business and you're still working a nine to five or whatever or you're a mom and you're doing all of those things or whatever like either way you will find, like, if your heart is in it, you'll find a way to make it all happen. Right. And to not let the fear hold you back because you're questioning it. Like, well, like, I want to do designs on cups, but, like, there's other people that do that. It's like, who fucking cares? <laughs> they don't have your ideas. Like, put it out there. Do it. Right. You know? And you just have to believe in yourself to, like, really keep it going. You know what I mean? Because, like, yeah. fear will just, like, take control, and then you won't start it. You know what I mean? Like, I have another, like, my sister, she had also, I helped motivate her to, like, do a small business because she was like, well, I want to, but I'm scared. And I'm like, just do it. Just try. Because mm -hmm. at the end of the day, you, there's no such thing as failure. You just learned a lesson or you learn to do something differently next time. Right. 
you didn't fail. Like, like this past weekend, like my market wasn't that busy, but you know what? I got to meet other business owners that were really awesome, made friends. We talked about other markets like, oh, if it, if you can't apply because it's already coming up, keep it in your calendar for next year. Like it was still a good opportunity to talk to customers, talk to other vendors. Like, so I didn't view it as a failure or like, I didn't make money. Like if, you know, you've always have to like, just keep going, just keep pushing and trying. Yeah. And I mean, like I had a market once that I didn't sell anything at and I was really discouraged about it because it was one of my first few. And you know, that market was there was a person that was like, oh, so you can do iron-on shirts. Would you consider making um, iron-on shirts for my equestrian fun run? And I was like, well, sure. And I honestly didn't expect, you know, I thought she was going to have me make like maybe like five shirts for her. And then I'll never forget that she messaged me later. And she was like, okay, well, I need like, I think it was like 30 shirts. And it was almost a $600 order. And it came off of a market that I did not do well at. And to this day, that's still the best order that I've ever had. Yeah, like there's just multiple opportunities out there. And like even with like my sister's business, um, which her business is Woodland Thicket, just throwing it out. (laughs) Um, But she, she, you know, we'll do some markets together. But then there's you got to also find your people sometimes. Like she does amazing at like Comic-Cons. I probably wouldn't sell much. You know what I mean? You yeah. just sometimes you got to find your people and give things a try. And if it doesn't work out, be like, okay, well, why didn't it work out? Was it like the weather or like, should I do something different? Or maybe like the, the people didn't really vibe with my stuff. Like maybe I'll try a different you know, crowd of people. Like you just got to keep trying different avenues. Right. Well, it has been really fun having you on here. And I'm so glad that we got to talk. And I, I know me too. You. Thank you. If you, <laughs> if you haven't listened to the podcast, you really need to listen. <laughs> no, I did. I did yesterday when I was driving. Like I listened to it when I drove to and from Columbia. Oh, awesome! <laughs> I love when yeah. people tell me they listened to it. It was it was so funny though because I was so excited to get my um, podcast monetized, and I was like, oh yeah, this is going to be awesome. And they literally give you a penny per impression. So, so far, I've made 45 cents. <laughs> oh, my God. That, that's like on TikTok. Like, I don't know why I do. I have, like, almost 10,000 followers on TikTok. And I have, like, I don't know, I think, like, 400 over on Instagram. Yeah. I don't know why. But, like, I'll get I'll do lives and stuff sometimes. And, like, people will, like, send you coins or, like, you know, money or whatever. And I'm like, Ooh, cool. I can, I'm gonna make money. I think I've made a dollar and 14 cents. Like it's, I was like, Oh, okay. I'll just let that sit there for a while. And hopefully I'll get some more. Well, you can't even You're cash like, out until you have $10 on Spotify. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much for your time today. I'm going to go pick up my baby, but I hope you have a good rest of your day. And I will see you at Fall Fest on September 2nd, right? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, you go take care of that baby and give her some love. And uh, thank you for listening. And I will. And thank you. Yeah, girl. Come and do another episode again. Oh, I would love to do this again. (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) This has been great. (laughs) 
Bye.